0: This is Decoding Learning Differences with Camarilla Lavelle. This episode is part of our series on optimizing learning through getting to know your child. This episode is Optimizing Diet to Optimize Learning. It is an interview with Wendy Shoffer, MD. She is a pediatrician and I'm really excited to share this interview with you. She, talks a lot about the, the ways that we can make our child's diet better and a lot about how it just needs to be a very individualized thing that we need to look at our specific child. And what does that specific child mean? What works for our family playing, looking at different pieces and you're going to get a lot out of it. There was so many things that I took away from this interview. Um, one of the, the big ones that comes to mind is high quality food can lead to a high quality performance. So we're really looking for that, you know, just what is the best things that we can be feeding our families so that they can live their best life. Um, and we do get into, you know, how to make it practical and um, not, not too deep, but we do touch on it and talk about it some. So I would love to hear what are your takeaways? What is, what is it that you are getting um, out of this interview? So at the end of it, email me, Kimberlyn at DecodingLearningDifferences.com. I hope you enjoy. And here's our interview with Wendy Schoffer. Hello, Wendy. Thank you so much for joining us today. I would love for you. such a pleasure. (laughs) I would love for you to introduce yourself to our audience so they can know a little bit more about you.
1: Well, it is truly a pleasure. I <laughs> I appreciate being here with you today. So um, I am Dr. Wendy Shofer. I am a pediatrician. My goodness, now in practice for, yes, 17 years, just finally crossed over the threshold. I always have to judge how long I've been in practice by how old my kids are. So... <laughs> It's a good reminder for me, Um, but uh, I'm a general pediatrician. The vast majority of my practice uh, has been within the military health system, all sorts of uh, different types of settings there, Um, but the vast majority of the time was in primary care. And uh, now I'm actually working in the community a lot more with a lot of uh, community uh, nutrition uh, projects uh, for families, uh, as well as, you know, with having my uh, my coaching um, focus as well around family nutrition.
0: Excellent. So our listeners are primarily parents of kids with some kind of learning difference, learning, um, especially different, different disabilities. How much of an impact will the child's diet have on their learning?
1: Absolutely. That is a great question. And it's not one with a simple answer. It's not something that we can put an exact number to it. And I think that one of the things that I always come back to is that nutrition is, you know, the the fuel for all of our functions, you know, for our bodies. And so it's, often things that we think about the fuel to be able to go out and run and play. But our brains have the biggest need for the nutrition, the biggest uh, draw for for our nutrition and needing um, a good adequate source of calories. Being able to really optimize brain function is dependent upon having a good varied diet the good um, variety of the nutrition, but it's hard to put an actual number to that or to be able to really describe it. It's kind of like just saying, you know, go get good nutrition. And then it's like well what does that really look like? <laughs> it's kind of like left for everybody to to define on their own and, and that's where I think we need to do a better job of helping uh, families uh, helping parents really define what that looks like. For their families,
0: is there is there something that, in general, there are like guiding principles of this is kind of generally what you should have in in a decent diet.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So here's the thing: it, it's really having a variety of foods. Um, Everybody will talk about having a variety of foods because if you only eat one food group or one type of food, you're gonna be missing the nutrients from the other foods that you're missing. So there's no such thing as one perfect food that has all the vitamins, the minerals, you start getting into the macronutrients, so the the uh, carbohydrates, the protein, the fat. There is no one magic food that has all of it, and especially not something that somebody's just gonna eat over and over and over again. That's gonna get really boring. But looking at getting a variety of different foods. And so a lot of times we make that kind of like like described in the office to families about eating the variety of foods that have different colors, different food groups. So, talking about your fruits, your vegetables, your protein sources. So, it's the one macronutrient that we always talk about <laughs> protein because it's not just meat. There are, you know, plenty of folks who find their protein sources outside of the animal kingdom. Um, so, we do know that we can just say protein. <laughs> but um, also having fats in your diet as well so it's really a variety and getting um all of the different nutrients that you need because your body requires this you know it needs the vitamins the minerals uh and those uh, different macronutrients so that it can function so that it can grow so it can heal and so it's in the office, we really just talk a lot about getting a variety of the foods to make it the easiest explanation, the easiest thing. Because as soon as folks will start excluding foods from their diet, that's where we need to start thinking about, well, how do I need to supplement? How do I need to make sure that we get that particular food group or nutrient that they're missing? I think the other side to your question, though, is that a lot of times folks will look at supplements and then trying to see well how can i give these other nutritional you know these other ingredients the other nutrients here into the diet but from from a pediatrician perspective i'm always trying to have children take the most um eat the the most variety have the least restrictive diet possible so that they are ideally getting all of their nutrients from their food and then not turning to supplements. If you notice something I don't start quoting like number of grams, I do not measure in grams whatsoever like this many grams of protein and carbohydrates and fat because honestly, um I I don't keep it that way in my head for myself, let alone for my kids. I don't think of it that way and if i'm going to look at food as fuel i want to look at the whole foods you know like the foods that we look at that it it is what it's called (laughs) that's what i mean by by the whole foods you know you look at you're like oh it's an orange okay that's a whole food (laughs) it's not something that's been renamed repackaged and so um those those foods the oranges the uh the, the my goodness um trying to come up with examples <laughs> but but these whole foods they don't have like labels on them it's not something you can be like oh, okay well i'm going to be getting this many grams of whatever in this package it's just a whole food enjoy it eat it it's a part of your of your diet and when i say diet it's just what you eat not as in I'm excluding something or only eating certain things.
0: Right. Um, there, there was so much there that I, my brain's is going like five different directions. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I love that. Like the, the not looking, if it doesn't have a label of nutrition facts, don't worry about the nutrition it has. It has nutrition. We're getting, we're getting the nutrients from it. And I also think that like not talking about the grams and all of that is a lot less stressful. Cause I know that when I see like, you should be getting this many of this and this much of this, and here's different ways to get this particular nutrient and different ways to get this particular nutrient. And I really quickly get overwhelmed. I'm like, I, I give up. And then I want to turn to the supplements because it's the easy way to be like, okay, well now I know I'm getting the zinc and now I know I'm getting the, And, and then I feel like, okay, at least now I know I'm getting it because I have no idea what I'm getting from what I'm eating. It's way too hard to keep track of. So I love that. Just enjoy the food and have a variety of foods, whole foods. Mm -hmm. That, that is so perfect. Um, Okay. I want to talk a little bit about kind of specific disabilities and to what extent specific disabilities might be impacted by diet. Um, one of the most common disabilities that I see is ADHD. And a few years ago I had a student with ADHD, very, you know, very impulsive really hard to keep his attention. And he would come to school with literally an entire sleeve of girl scout cookies as his snack. And then he'd have a giant bag of talkies, the T A K I E T A K I S, the top, you know, the like fire hot, whatever that I would not eat like, and that was his snack. And then like lunch was, I think he got the school lunch, but, yeah, it was. So, would that be a reasonable diet for an ADHD <laughs> child?
1: So, I, I mean, I would even remove the whole thing about his diagnosis, and I would just say, hey, can we can we try to to work on getting a variety <laughs> of foods here? So, there there are concerns about the processed foods about the packaged foods. So the more that we process the foods, the more that they have been made um, kind of like concentrated in order to be able to get all sorts of enjoyment for our brains to say, oh my God, this is amazing. I need to keep on eating this. And so um, that's why you tend to see not just one or two Girl Scout cookies being eaten, but an entire sleeve that your body's like oh i just want so much more of this. So it's something to be mindful of that when we're talking about those processed foods, the ones that basically that you get in in a in a package like that that it's been engineered for us to want more of it. And it doesn't necessarily have the other vitamins and minerals. The nutrients that we get from the whole foods so you will see all sorts of different ingredients on there there's going to be on the package about you know this percentage of the recommended daily value and this many grams oh, it just gets overwhelming you know you see all the numbers and you're like well, what do i do with all of this now there are some people that need to look at calories There are some people that choose to look at that, to look at their, um, you know, at certain nutrients that they need for different reasons. That's not that we all need to, though. We we really don't in the grand scheme of things. And this is coming from a pediatrician (laughs) who's not like you need to like monitor every single calorie that you eat. It's being aware of it, that there are some that are much more calorically dense. And so if you're going to get a food that has several hundred calories in it okay you don't need as much of it be aware that it's it's a more dense food but coming back to that original uh child yeah um <laughs> there there's a lot that could be looked at now it, the other side of this is i don't want to like convey judgment on this because there may be times that you're like oh yeah girl scout cookies Takis, yeah, like, oh yeah, it, it's great to have those at different times. I'm hearing large amounts and it sounded like it may have been on a regular kind of basis that this was it was like it was a, a snack, so in between it, meals.
0: <laughs> something similar. Yeah. Yeah. It was Yeah. Of-
1: yeah. So when I see that type of um, food being eaten, I don't think of it so much as adding nutrition it's more that it's consumption of calories. And so it's not actually adding to the nutritional benefit for the child. And then that of course can impact, you know, your learning, your behaviors, absolutely. Cuz you know, you need the the good fuel, kind of like you need the the appropriate octane fuel in your gas tank. Well, we need the appropriate octane food in our body even though i can't give you the exact number like i would love to be able to say with your fuel tank (laughs) but just thinking of it that you know giving uh high quality food will help with high quality performance
0: high quality food for high quality performance i love that Uh, (laughs) are there any things that are more specific to ADHD where kids should avoid certain things more than the general population or that should make sure they have extra of a certain nutrient, maybe more than the rest of the population?
1: Totally on a case by case basis. So I know that there is a lot of discussion about adding certain certain nutrients, so a lot of times folks will talk about uh, fish oil supplements uh, for kids who have all sorts of different uh, learning uh, learning variations, disabilities, like all sorts of learning concerns um, that they'll look at fish oil and including uh, ADHD. So it's considered within the, the pediatric literature to be an unproven uh, intervention or an, of unproven benefit. Now, I got to tell you that does not mean that it's been disproven. It's just something that from a pediatric perspective, I can't recommend that across a population and then, you know, put all of my my patients on this because it hasn't been proven in large-scale studies, which is what we're looking at. So there may be, you know, a couple of small studies that will show the benefit of fish oil in different learning conditions and ADHD as well. But you're not going to see a recommendation across the board from the, the pediatricians, from the different medical societies, because they're looking at the larger scale uh, studies and then trying to look at the really the, the high quality studies. So you've got the good comparison groups. You're really looking at large numbers. So it's not something that maybe if there was a, a, a benefit that was seen, that it's not something that's just happening because of chance. That's why they want to look at it at a larger scale uh, level. So it's kind of like a hedging answer. Like maybe, maybe not. I got to tell you, like as far as I'm concerned, like fish oil, I, I don't have a problem with that. I, we tried it in our own family. We, we did. Um, so it's something that we didn't, personally see any additional benefit for my child um, and it's something that he didn't want to continue taking it you know what he eats a great variety of foods including fish i don't need to add it (laughs) so it was one of those things i was like okay let me see so we we talk about an n of one study so it's like something where you just have this like one person you're like well let me just kind of see if i try here my my n is my my son my n of one and so i was like well let me see what kind of a benefit i see here i didn't so i didn't continue with it i think that that's where that individual part really comes into play here where from a medical perspective we can say you know what we don't see the reason to recommend this to everyone but If there's no harm, if it's something you want to, you know, check out and try, it's fine. There are some expenses involved with it. But I also bring it back to not overlook that good variety in the diet in the first place. Because if we're talking about supplementing something that you're already getting plenty of in your diet, you're just going to pee it out. (laughs) You don't need to take the extra supplements. (laughs)
0: Yes. Yes. I, and it, what you're saying is really hitting home for me because that's, it's my message all the time with education and that education needs to be individualized. That what is right for one kid's education is not right for the next kid. And, you know, just going on Facebook and asking somebody, well, what do you, what do you recommend for this, you know, language arts curriculum that worked for this other person's kid, but it might not work for your kid or your family or your, you know, at all of the pieces. So it's definitely, um, and that's even what this, this series is about is optimizing a child's education through the, through getting to know your kid, like your individual kids needs and preferences and all of that. So I think that's, that's so big, so important. Um, out of
1: curiosity, I appreciate that. what? Oh, I, I was just gonna say, I, I really appreciate that because I think that that's that fine balance. So I, I wear a couple of hats with being you know, a pediatrician, being a mom and kind of seeing it from both sides um, as far as meaning having a lot of these questions that I'm asking within my own home. And I think it's very easy to just say in the medical office not recommended oh no that's not something we're going to do but i really believe in listening to the parents about what their questions are why is it that they're asking it in the first place about you know supplementing or you know different nutritional changes or different diets why where is that question coming from because that can really shed light on what their ultimate you know concerns are or you know kind of underneath that initial question but also recognizing the individuality of the child that's in the office as opposed to the the recommendations that are based on that large population base you know we we make medical recommendations Um, You know, like your different uh, guidelines and, you know, like ADHD um, treatment guidelines nutrition wise. They're like, yeah, there's no particular, you know, dietary changes that are recommended. But you know what? If you say for your child, you know, what? whenever he eats this, I see something. Okay, let's look into that. Absolutely. That individual part. And that's where the parents are in the perfect spot because they get to see their child day in, day out. You really get to see the pattern of how does my child, you know, tolerate a certain food? How does my child behave, um, you know, before, after certain foods? It's all about patterns.
0: Yeah. I I 100% agree. Um, which and then it again reminded me what I started to ask was out of curiosity if there's any research on the, the red food cuz I hear that one all the time with ADHD like, oh, cut out red food dye Which in my mind is, well, if there's red food diets it's because it's a processed food, so maybe cut out the processed foods, but <laughs>
1: I I think that that's one of those things. I say if you have concerns about it, you can feel free to cut out red <laughs> red dye anytime you want. I will totally play my bias right now, right there that that doesn't come in Whole Foods. So <laughs> um, it's one of those things, though. If if you see it, yeah, go for it. You you can you know you can adjust the diet if you have concerns about it. of course talk with your your doctor if you're making you know particular um changes restricting certain categories of foods that sort of thing absolutely talk with your doctor but if it's just one of those things that you know you're seeing a pattern well that's great information that's fantastic information and you know, especially for looking for non-medicine ways to to treat or to support our children? Absolutely. You got the best tool at, at home, and that's observation of what's going on uh you know with with your child with uh, how they tolerate their their different meals.
0: Yes. Um is the same true for autism? I know with autism I hear a lot about gluten-free casein free diets. And I've heard people say totally worked was great. And other people say, we tried it. It was really hard for us and we gave it up and it didn't, and it didn't work along the way. So they gave it up because it also wasn't worth like <laughs> continuing cause it was really hard.
1: Yep. So here's the thing that there's not, there, there's not really good evidence that gluten free casein free diet works across populations. So that's why it's not something that we're going to find as a general recommendation. Um, it is something that some individuals swear by. They say absolutely, completely changed for my, my family. I got to tell you, I, I remember um, with a number of families that I was working with. And this was this was really a big question about 10 years ago. I'm totally dating myself right now, when it was such a challenge to be gluten free. Because we didn't have the types of products that we have now, it was significantly more expensive than it is right now. And so it was a much bigger discussion, kind of like the the risks and the benefits for families. Like, if you want to try this, okay, well, maybe it's going to be a difficult diet or maybe it's going to be a lot more expensive. You know what we're finding that there's a lot of people now that are gluten-free for all sorts of different reasons it's much more you know widely um available acceptable tolerable and so if it's something that you want to try okay fine again that's one of those things where i empower the families to be able to check because if not if you're like oh i don't know i don't know could this be helping my child? If it's something that's easily accessible, well, what does that do for the parent? You know, you have this like lingering question in the back of your mind. And that's where I like to work with families and just say, let's try it, let's kind of see. But if you're not seeing the changes, because I cannot recommend it, I can't, I, I can't say you have to do this, okay? There's not the evidence from a population that it's going to be beneficial, However, if it's beneficial for your child, go for it. You found something. You answered, you know, one of your questions there. And so again, it comes back to that individual basis.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, Okay, going back to kind of what you were talking about with wanting a variety of foods, whole foods that aren't, processed, I immediately go to, but the processed foods are so much easier. Um, so how do we, I guess how do we balance that for like, just to make it like, is it okay to have a certain amount of processed foods? And is there a way to pick better processed foods? Like, is there such a thing as better processed foods? <laughs> Cause some are definitely more expensive than others.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, there's a number of things. <laughs> so uh, I had a loaded answer. You have a loaded question. <laughs> so <laughs> um, so a, a couple of things. We, we often go right to, well, it's so much harder. It's so much harder to work with, you know, whole ingredients, whole foods. Um, I gotta question that. Like, just really, like, just stop and just ask yourself, is it really harder? Why is it that we need to have instantaneous meals? Why do we need this with our current definition of easy? Just to start asking yourself, what do you really want? Do you want an instantaneous meal that you can just, you know, rip out of the packaging, microwave for 3 minutes and it's on the table? Or do you want to invest into, you know, the, more time in order to be able to make that meal? No judgment. It's just trying to figure out, well, what do you want to do? What's the, your vision of what you want to do? And I try to not make it sound like all processed foods are bad. And I'm not sure how that really came out before. (laughs) I may have not, not succeeded in that one. But I mean, we have processed foods. There are so many processed foods that we have. That's how we have shelf stable foods. Um, You know, even things like the name of the food is what you have, but like rice. Rice has been processed. Yeah. Milk has been processed. So I don't want to make it sound like everything processed is bad. It's just being mindful that um, I guess. The easier it is to get your food, perhaps the less nutrients that are actually in there, because things are being stripped away in order for them to be shelf stable, in order for them to be uh, manufactured so that we will want to eat them so very much.
0: (laughs) I love that. Um, and that's a good point. I know for me personally, it's the hungry right now, um, toddlers that (laughs) make me want instantaneous food. But to be honest, what I usually hand them is a piece of fruit or a vegetable while I'm preparing something else. But I also don't have a whole lot of additional time. So then I, I am always trying to balance that out and do like batch cooking and, and you know, making a whole bunch of rice and then using that to make vegetable stir fries that are fresh in the moment. Um,
1: Uh, That is actually what I love doing. Like trying to figure out how to make, you know, the easy choice, um, the healthy choice or the healthy choice, the easy choice. And so it it actually started back when my kids were younger and they were always just so hungry right now. And it's like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to cook. I'm trying to cook something here. And um, by the glory of, of uh, <laughs> processed foods, here you go. No, it was actually those steamer bags of veggies. So I would go and grab those, throw it in the microwave, you know, however long that took, like two minutes to three minutes, something like that, to steam it up, and then I'd have it out on the counter so that my hungry kids can eat on, you know, nibble on something while I'm cooking the rest of the meal. By the way, they're getting their veggies so that you know whatever else we're having it's cool it's already helping and it it wasn't turning to something else that would then be maybe filling them up instead of being able to then get their their nutrition from the meal that i was still working to make (laughs) so it actually just contributed to that variety of the foods that they were eating for that particular meal just one particular example but um you know even now um we hard boil eggs and then we have them available in the fridge. So, I mean, I, I hard boil eggs like every week. Um, we slice up veggies. I have like an hour that I take every uh, Sunday and that's my fruit, food prep time. And so slicing up veggies, clean it all up. And then it's that much easier for snacks, um, for being able to just make big salads along the way, um, I'll totally admit I'm a vegetarian. So for me, this is the easy button so that I'm a vegetarian that actually eats vegetables <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to the vegetarian that, you know, just eats pasta all the time. Um, so, <laughs> But my, my son can also, you know, go into the fridge and then he has access to all of the, the fruits, veggies that have been sliced up, they're available. Um, he has you know, all sorts of different options available to him.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for all of this and all of this wisdom and helping us kind of wrap our heads around how to, how to use nutrition and how much to think about nutrition. I think you gave a lot of really good wisdom, um, like make the healthy choice, the easy choice, and that a high quality diet can lead to a high quality performance. And some really some really good things to think about. A lot of variety of Whole Foods I kept hearing as like the mainstay of what we need to be focused on, but allowing that there will also be processed foods in in our diets and, and that's okay too.
1: Um
0: is there anything yeah. else?
1: That. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm so sorry. I keep on doing that. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> I I was just gonna say so one of the things that toddlers taught me okay is that you know like sometimes toddlers will eat the same food over and over again and then they'll stop eating it for a little while and then they'll come back again the variety of foods may not even be within a certain meal or within a certain day okay our bodies are really flexible as far as it their their ability excuse me Our bodies are really flexible in their ability to be able to um, absorb different nutrients, store them, use them, okay? So it's having that variety over a period of time, okay? Don't get stressed out about all of, you know, I need all of the colors on this plate or what if my child doesn't do it right now? Same thing with um, children who might be on these food jags right now. I would suggest not applying labels of picky, but just keep on introducing, keep on trying, keep on just remembering in the back of your mind that they're going to be eating more and you just get to keep on introducing it to them.
0: I think that is so powerful. Um, And yes, as the toddlers in my life, I watch them and I'm like, oh, you know, really loving protein right now. Any protein I give her, she just wants to eat it up. And then the other one was really loving anything with like a lot of fats in it. And then that's kind of shifted and now he's more into the proteins and is avoiding things that, you know, he's not eating so much of the pasta. And I'm like, what happened? Okay. So, um, it's, it's interesting to kind of, to try to, yeah, not freak out and just, But, okay, if I let it go, put it on their plate every time and don't say things. That was another thing that I had heard. Like, you know, don't, don't say that, oh, you liked it last time or, oh, oh, you don't like this. so I'm not going to give it to you or you're not going to like this or anything where like you're deciding for them. Like, it's just goes on the plate every time. And then, yeah, (laughs) they, yeah. That is also true. I love all of that. And I think it's also really helpful because that idea of eat a rainbow every day does feel really daunting to me. Like it's hard for me to make sure I get something purple every day, but I can have, you know, something purple every week. And make sure you know purple cabbage is the first thing that comes to mind it's like okay i can make something with that at least once a week or maybe for a whole week we eat a whole bunch of it and for a few weeks we don't but
1: that that helps find that that's helpful to remember about the the rainbow in the diet more so when i see kids that are doing the white diet or the yellow diet so like the mac and cheese and grilled cheese and bread and yeah, so basically, um, bread and cheese <laughs> diet, <laughs> just to be able to start, you know, thinking, okay, let's let's start looking for the other colors in the rainbow, and it, it's what we make of it, you know. How can we have fun with this? Not make it like all about food rules and I must eat this and must get that, but just, you know, how can we play with this? You know, especially with the whole rainbow analogy, right? I, I think rainbows are fun. There's some excitement going on there. Let's explore this and get the kids involved with it, too. You know, what can we think of that is purple? Because you got me scratching my head right now thinking of (laughs) purple foods, too. (laughs) But just having some fun with kids and see how they can also contribute to um, getting a variety of foods.
0: Yeah, perfect. Perfect. I love all that. I really feel like we could just keep going and going. Um, is there anything else that you want to make sure that people know about how diet might impact learning or, or anything around, um, around that?
1: I I think it really comes back to just, you know, getting regular nutrition, which sounds like the most like (sighs) a generic kind of statement, but it, it's not about some magic missing ingredient. There's not some secret, you know, I don't know, magic bullet that's out there to, be to say, oh, this is going to just make everything awesome. And you're going to see a lot of advertisements out there, you know, a lot of things in the media about, you know, this diet changed it all or, you know, this supplement changed it all. Well, I really try to encourage folks to come back to the basics first. Okay, what is your core, kind of like your your foundational diet? What what do your meals look like to begin with before you start adding in or taking anything else away? And if you are, just talk to your doctor. Talk to your doctor because that way you can really kind of see – what types of things to look out for i I bring this up just because sometimes when we change diets um, as far as removing things or adding things into the diet there are certain things that the doctors need to keep an eye on um, what kind of like growth is happening for your child as well as if there's certain nutrients that we need to consider but otherwise it's just that good varied diet to begin with That gives you a solid foundation. And then, you know what? Pay attention to your child. Speak up about what you see. Just note those patterns because you are in the best place to be able to see what works and what doesn't.
0: So much wisdom. And obviously you have so much more wisdom that you can share. How can people find out more about you and all of the amazing things you're doing and what you have available
1: oh my goodness well i appreciate um the opportunity so um while i am a, a general pediatrician i am working as a coach for parents who are concerned about overweight in their children and so yeah the nutrition conversations come up a lot <laughs> but uh, that's where you can find me on my website uh, so that's uh wendyshofermd.com. I do have a uh, coaching program that's called Family in Focus, where it's group coaching for uh, parents that are concerned about uh, the weight of their family. And we actually work on entire family uh, habits to build healthier habits for the whole family. And, uh, You can look me up online. You can also listen. I have my own podcast coming up. I look forward to having you joining me. I just need to get it to go live first. (laughs) So you are a little bit ahead of me on that one.
0: (laughs) Yay. So more things to watch out for. Excellent. Well, we will definitely have the link to the website and the course in the show notes or below wherever you are watching or listening to this. Um, And if your podcast is live, when this goes live then we'll also link to that but if not people can uh, watch for it
1: and maybe get on your That's email like list to hear about it deadline <laughs> i have a deadline now i appreciate that <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome thank you so much wendy it was amazing talking to you and i look forward to talking to you again soon
1: thanks Kimberlyn. It was truly a pleasure <laughs>